Hi, I'm Cam. And I'm Emily. I've never read Twilight before. And I've read the books too many times to count, but now we're reading them together. Welcome to Unbitten, a journey through... Welcome to... Welcome to Unbitten, a journey through the Twilight Saga. Nailed it. (laughs) Hey, guys. Hey, everyone. Um, If you listened to our last episode, I don't apologize. Um, Sour cream vagina burritos lives in our heart forever now. It really does. If for some reason you missed the last episode and you're just catching up now, I'm uh, also so sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I have not stopped thinking about that phrase since we said it. And um, yeah, I'm going to make sure everybody else remembers it too. Yeah, no, for real. It, it is a uh, sour cream vagina burrito is, is actually my breakfast burrito of choice. <laughs> Good. <laughs> That's really good. Um, yeah, I think that's what I'm going to have for dinner tonight. Oh, disgusting. I don't want to know about your sex life, bro. <laughs> anyway, we are sad to report that we are now recording in different locations again. So true. Uh, what have you been up to since I last saw you in person and licked your face? <laughs> well, you know, I've not washed my fa- face since then. I'm trying to keep the cam lingering on me as long as possible. Ooh, Yeah. That's, um, that's fair. I think most people think that. <laughs> Bro. Uh, what? Do you want me to? I, I mean, I told you this over text, but I want to like share with the people what happened to me yesterday. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Please. Last night. So I went on this date. It was fine. Uh, I'm, eh, I'm not sure how I feel about the guy. Whatever. Anyway. Nice guy. Nothing wrong with him. I'm just like not sure if I feel like the spark, you know? Mm. Anyway. After that. I go by my place of work to pick up my tips and also to grab – I wanted to get a bottle of gin, the barrel-rested gin that we had. Because that thing has that been growing on slaps. me since we had it. That shit Yeah. Good. I wasn't – like, I've definitely been more of, like, a rose gin person. But since we had a bunch of it the other weekend, I've been like, hmm, interesting. So I went to buy a bottle of that and also some grapefruit sage hibiscus mixer. I go over there and I'm, like, loitering around the bar. I'm not, like, right on it, right, like, next to it. And to my right, there's this, like, 40-year-old guy. And he's like, oh, you know, why don't you, like, sit down? And I'm like, oh, okay, so true. I guess I will. Cut to, like, two and a half hours later, he bought me a tequila shot that we both took. He took one and I took one. And he bought me two cocktails. He would have bought me three, but I insisted on paying one. Um, And he bought me that entire bottle of gin and the mixer. Ugh, I wish and that were included, me. <laughs> yo, literally. And this included, I tabbed out because I thought I was going to go home. And I tabbed out with the one cocktail I paid for. And I was going to walk out. And then Morgan, one of my coworkers, was uh, having a drink. And she had this, like, gorgeous – you know Morgan, yeah. Yeah, I do. Morgan I met was her. Have, yeah, you did. She was having this, like, really yummy-looking pineapple mojito. Ugh. And so I was like, shit, that, that is really good. And so I tabbed – I got – out a new tab and just got that one cocktail and chatted with Morgan for a while. And then as I'm tabbing out and leaving to pay, that guy is still down the bar and he pays for that cocktail for me without me knowing. Wow. Like I go to close it 
Yeah, yeah. And he has paid for it. He's already taken care of it. Oh, my God. See? Yes. That's how I know that you're actually living your best life right now is that right there. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's so funny because, like, I think, think, you know, life is up and down in general just for Mm -hmm. a lot of people. Um, But, like, my life has been up and down a lot recently. And so, like, literally, like, two days ago or, like, not last night but, like, the night before, I was just, like, so sad for, like, no reason. And then last night that happened and I'm like, okay, I guess I'm a bad bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and he was really cute too. I'm gonna send you a picture of him. Oh, please do. Because we took we took a picture. He was with he was with was, a lady too. I just wonder if this was the source of your t- tweet where you said, um, someday a man with like a great nose and a beard is gonna ruin my, an older man is gonna ruin my life. I I wasn't talking about him, but he's very cute. Okay, I look like garbage in these pictures. IDK, how this happened? But he's in the middle, and I'm sending it to you right now. Oh Isn't hell yeah, yeah. And he wasn't creepy at all. He was, like, super nice. Like, I didn't even realize that, like, he was potentially hitting on me until I went sit with – or I was talking with Morgan. She was like, <laughs> dude, that guy was hitting on you. Because, like, he wasn't creepy or anything. No. He never made me feel uncomfortable. He never, like, actually said anything flirty. He was mostly just, like, being friendly and being like, oh, I know what it was like to be, like, fresh out of college and to be, like, super broke. Let me pay for you. And it's wow. summer. Have fun. You know, take this stuff. So shout out to that guy. He just if really you're 42 and you have money – Give it to a college student. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for me, uh, I spent the weekend just celebrating Liv's birthday every day. <laughs> As you should. Yeah. We went kayaking on Friday, which was very, very fun. And I on Saturday, we had a pool party, which was also very Jelly. fun. Um, I know. Wish you could be there. Um, Gerg came. Oh, my God. He did? Yeah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. I love that mountain man. <laughs> yeah. He, um, uh... Splash me in the face. Um, <laughs> so that was fun. And uh, yeah, we got drunk. We got a little bit high. Played some games. Um, and then on Sunday, we went up with Liv's family to go on a little like river boat cruise thing and yeah. had dinner together and stuff. And Did Gerd come for that as well? Or was he yes, definitely Gerd came uh, to the family Shut outing. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. I hope so. Uh, he went back to his hometown uh, Saturday I night. I guess. Mm-hmm. Boo hiss. Yeah, boo hiss. Um, uh, yank him off the stage. Uh, yeah, yeah, with a little. Really... Yeah, with a little crook. These very good weekends we've had. Yeah, I like worked couple. all of the times that you were like, like for your whole fun weekend. I was working because I worked the entire weekend. Yeah. I worked Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, but then I yeah. got Monday off. Had fun. Very Tomorrow important. I'm going to a show. Oh, what show? Uh, it's a show at the regional theater here. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. Shall we talk about... Oh, Beans oh, Food just went That off. was... Yep. I know that sound now. I have heard it in real life. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's get into this this, this uh, chapter we read, probably. Yeah. This was such a lore-heavy backstory chapter, and I'm, like, mad that it's for Jasper. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's nice that we're sort of getting a lot of people. Like, because we got Rosalie's earlier. It it was earlier in this book, yeah. Yep, it sort of feels like It sort of feels like this book is setting up for Breaking Dawn. Mm Mm-hmm. This book feels like that a lot. Especially because, like, the more and more that I see it, the more I'm like, I don't think Bella's going to get turned in this book. Or if she is, it's going to be like a cliffhanger at the end of the book. (laughs) Or near the end of the book. 
so like this isn't like I mean unless it's at the end this isn't really like Bella's turning book it feels like a lot more like laying out groundwork stuff for... and like conflict mm-hmm. for what's going to happen in Breaking Dawn which is going to include Bella turning and all of that shit horny times <laughs> yeah um I can't say much on that, except yeah, you're right, fair. they are laying a lot of groundwork, and I'm, I mean, I'm happy that we get more backstory, and I'm happy that, um, this is, like, really interesting lore, honestly, and yeah. I wish we learned it earlier, because I feel like I would have cared more about Jasper, in a way, but now I'm just like, mm, mm-hmm. mm, it's too little too late. <laughs> also, he was a confederate, anyway. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm. Okay, let's get yeah. into it. Chapter 13, Newborn. Yeah, I was just going to say that, like, this sort of thing sort of happens a lot with trilogies and, like, quadrilogies? I don't think that's the word. No, it's not. Quad... Four book series. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Where they... One, either book two or book three ends up being a lot of setup and not a lot of stuff necessarily happens. And some people complain about that, but I honestly don't mind it. I really don't. Like, I, as long as it's not, like, a slog, you know? Yeah, this is definitely not going to be a slog. And there's definitely going to be stuff that happens. Um, right. I do love But, like, book. I, <laughs> yeah, I understand and appreciate when books, um. They need to do a lot series... more build up before they can get to yeah. the real climax of the story. Yeah. No, and it's I get world it too. building. Yeah. About damn time. Oh my god, by the way, this is like kind of sprinkled in the middle of this episode, but guys, I have a question. Once we finish this podcast, should we do a podcast about um, A Court of Thorns and Roses? And the vibe would be, I've read it a lot, M hasn't read it, should we do this podcast? That would mean M would have to wait to read it for like another year. Maybe more, because... Um... I mean, I guess we could potentially start it and layer them at the same time if we wanted Possibly. to be ambitious. But I'm just thinking if we wanted to be ambitious. We have Breaking Dawn after this and we still have Midnight Sun. <laughs> and uh what is it? Life and Death. Life and Death. Oh boy. And the graphic novel I want to cover? Uh the graphic novel which is visually beautiful but literally just Twilight. <laughs> yeah. I, I was thinking we could do like one two episodes yeah. in that total. Just sort of like exploring other media. And the um, uh, and... short second life of Brie Tanner. Yes, Fifty Shades of Grey. Obvi. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fan it's a good it's like it's like it's literally Mike a fan Schubert work reading of this. My Immortal. No, like it is. it's I know. the iconic fan fiction. Yeah, it is. Um Except this one was then published. Yeah. So anyway, get ready for that guys. Bring your cucumbers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> Yeah, Let's read thanks. This book. Um, that's a great poll. Um, we should put that a, as a Twitter poll at some point. We should, because I really love this series. I think it's like the best thing. It's just so good. And Emily only knows it as like fairy smut, right? Yep, that's all I've heard about it. Read your fairy it, porn. Fairy porn with good plot. Oh is yeah, my I'm, take. I I understand uh, and and believe you on that front, but I'm still gonna call it fairy porn forevermore. No, it absolutely is fairy yeah. porn. Um, but yeah. So let us know if you would be interested in that because it would be kind of a fun like flip where I know everything and M knows mm. nothing. And it's a, like it's four books thus far and it's not like necessarily over. And there's like a mini like novella sort of thing. That does sound very so, fun. So like we would – yeah, it would be a good like 
And it's still, it's like, we're... within our genre. Yeah, it's, like, vaguely trashy YA. I think this definitely goes into more, like, adult fantasy yeah. for sure. But we're going to be reading, like, Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> like, yeah, so. um, yeah, it'll be fun. Let me know if you guys want that. It's okay if you don't want that because also I, if M wanted to read it sooner, that would also be totally fair. Yeah. Um, but let us know. Or if you don't think that, let us know about other series that we might want to read. Yeah. Perhaps more like modern. Yeah, because I love the idea of us doing like more modern, some more modern series. Mm-hmm, for sure. Like Shadow what and Bone, Throne Twilight? of Glass. Oh, yeah. That sort of stuff. I love yeah. that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Okay, let's read this book. It's been 20 anyway. minutes. Okay. So, um... <laughs> Jasper's backstory, the chapter. <laughs> Literally. So uh, he jumps right in. He's like, yes, Venom is the only thing that leaves a scar on us. And I have been bitten literally thousands of times. And um, he starts to explain that there are places in the world that are more desirable to vampires than others. Because, um, you know, they can act with a little bit less restraint um, and avoid detection still um, because of like the population of the city. Right. And he says that only the Volturi keep the southern coven- covens in check, who have essentially been warring for centuries. Just so crazy. Like, we've... I felt like I've... I, I mean, we do know, like, only a very small part of the vampire world. Mm-hmm. But, like, just knowing that there's just been this constant war in, like, the southern Americas is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, it seems concentrated around, like, the southern states in the U.S. and, like, into Mexico. It doesn't really yeah. seem like – or at least we haven't really – I guess that's where Jasper was. We haven't really seen, like, much further south than that. Um, yeah, and he does think... say, like, the, the further north, like, the more, like, just, like, nomadic and, like, peaceful and just, like, vampires coexist. They pass each other by and go, hey, what's up? Want to play some baseball? And then they do that. And then they hunt Bella yeah. down and it becomes a whole thing. <laughs> I'm just, like, I'm so curious what Stephanie Meyer is trying to do with this. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Like, what is she trying I to do. say? I do know exactly what you mean. It's, like, what does this accomplish in the larger world of vampires? What are the implications um, seemingly the implications are by the end of this chapter, just as a background setup of, oh, this has happened before. So it's probably what's happening now, <laughs> which is yeah. like, eh. But why the South? Why these areas specifically? Perhaps yeah. because it was like, but it's just such a, well, I guess they explained it away by saying like, they're very much like nocturnal, but I was like, why not a part in Canada or some place <laughs> where it's like, gloomy a lot of the time or like darker because the further south you get the closer you're getting to like the equator and stuff mm-hmm. and the more that's gonna be a really fascinating way nighttime yeah i guess so um, um yeah well i guess because we know uh obviously he's like oh this is you know particularly turbulent time in human history as well so like maybe to the fact that there's like i don't know you know there was warring and stuff happening in the south already that it made it like sort of a bit easier to slip under the radar and I don't know. Right. I don't know why specifically the South. Um I think it, it also just... might just be like she didn't want to do New England for whatever reason. And this is like kind of like the area of the US that she thought would be the mm-hmm. next more interesting thing to do. Yeah. Um I think it's totally fair if she's just like, hey, like wouldn't it be cool if there's like other sort of vampire lifestyles out there? Let's plop it down somewhere far away from them so that way they've never had reason to mention it before. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it like makes sense to do that. Either that, or it'd have to be like on the other coast, you know. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, which, you know, I guess, you know, it's like, why are the Volturi specifically in Italy, right? It's just, that's mm-hmm. where they posted up. Um, and now they that just That is, in fact, there. where they posted up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Yeah, basically, he's talking about how the covens in the South don't really care as much about whether or not the humans notice uh, Particularly what the fuck in, is like, going on. Particularly in, his time, um, when they really were starting to, like, war over territory. Because if you mm-hmm. control, like, the largest city, like, Mexico City, you can feed multiple times in a night and it wouldn't be like recorded in such a large city as like oh my god a killing streak it's like oh yeah it's a huge city people die all the time because there's just so many people there that just happens so you know three people dead in one night isn't like the same as you know in in forks if three people died Mm -hmm. in one night they're like what the fuck is going on here there's only a thousand of us (laughs) yeah (laughs) that was literally half of our town um we have no more students in the high school everyone is dead (laughs) Yeah, literally. Um, which is interesting. It will talk, and it talks about also, like not only wanting to be in really populated areas, but wanting to be the only vampire, yeah. or like there's only a couple of vampires in this big area, wanting this so that there's no competition and you can continue to do this feeding and that frequent, uh, the amount. Uh, what am I trying to say? The frequency, like the volume with- of uh, people consumed it doesn't you know escapes yeah it's un- like not escapes undetected right mm-hmm. so we get a little backstory of our boy benito yeah <laughs> he's from dallas um shout and out he's like a super like powerful killer he's like murdering all these clans and trying to yeah. take over because he's the first person that they know of to use a newborn army um, to uh, essentially generate a huge amount of force and literal force because newborns mm-hmm. are at their most powerful, at their most like highest strength in the first year that they're um, changed to uh, attack and take down other clans that are in the area. And he does it right. to like three other clans um, before other people start like catching on being like, well, guess we got to start doing the same thing in order to defend ourselves. Which is just yeah. a bloodbath. Yes. Um, did we know before that newborns newborns are the strongest in the first year? Um, I don't think that it's been specified before. It was more just like when you're newborn, you can't control your thirst very well. And that's very, what I like, thought. Yeah. But this is also like, oh, you're at your peak physical strength and ferocity. This is what peak male performance looks like. Yeah, exactly. Being a newborn vampire. <laughs> <laughs> that's super interesting how like, I don't know, because yeah, they always talk about Oh, Bella, you wouldn't you won't be able to control yourself when you first turn. But it's not ever been like you will be hard to control by us. Yeah. Yeah. It's never really we've never really gotten that side of yeah. it. Which I think is definitely like possible. I think that's a very exciting prospect. Um just the the level of like it talks about them being volatile and slaves to their instincts, where it's like, I smell blood, I attack, I kill, end of story. Um, Mm -hmm. which is very much not, you know, that's not how the Cullens operate at all. Um, that's like, that would be a very different side of Bella, um, to see that just like Mm -hmm. pure instinct takeover. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's a really interesting sort of lore building of the newborn state, which is, you know, coming at a critical, uh, point in the story for us. Right. When who knows what Bella's going to do. Mm hmm. I'm so curious to see if she writes that out or if she does some bullshit with it. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
is she gonna like write that out is she gonna cut it down is she gonna do a time skip yeah cut know, to a see. year later okay i'm good now <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know if she do like a year later but like even if it was like a couple months you know or just being like, like she the just, beginning was hard and then whatever she like, just puts four pages it says like august Stop. september <laughs> <laughs> not this shit again <laughs> At first oh it was bad, God. but then I, like, figured my shit out and got my life together, and now I'm a fucking badass new vampire. Yep. Uh, I have an, I have a bit of an issue with this, especially as it gets into particular scenes. I wish they just had a fucking flashback. Yeah. I wish Stephanie Meyer wasn't a coward, and she just, like, even if it was, like, an all-italics flashback. I know. It's- I would highly prefer that. You could be like, Jasper launches into his story. Yeah, I was surprised that it was told this way. Um, just because, I mean, in the movie, they do just do a flashback, obviously. Right. It's the way it should be done. How does how was Rosalie's done? Was she also talking through all of it? Um, it's like cuts back and forth between her. T- she's telling it, but we're seeing like a vision of the past in like mm. sort of clips of like as she describes it. Oh, sorry. It's I like, meant in the book. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she just describes it. I think that's, it's just so, it's so like, it's not even, it's not even sloppy writing. It's not even. Uh, it's like missing it's, an opportunity to do something. Yeah. Um, it's one-toned writing. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. It's like you had the ability and opportunity to make this so much better and you simply didn't. Yeah, it would have been <laughs> so interesting to actually have the flashback and be in Jasper's head as he's like, uh, what's happened to me? I'm feeling these feelings, the emotions. What you know? How do I feel about Maria? And so it's just, oh yes, this is what I remember. And it's like it's not as visceral. We're not yeah. there in the moment. And yeah, it's just frustrating. It feels like Stephanie Meyer is so interested in keeping with this first person Bella narrative. She just wants it to constantly be like the self insert character. <laughs> That she can't even, like, for half a chapter or for one chapter stray from that for the sake of actually interesting, good writing and plot and getting in someone else's head, which I would highly appreciate. And the thing is, she's not even, like, using Bella's first-person narrative to give many reactions. Like, Jasper fully just, like, tells out this whole story for many paragraphs at a time without having a Bella reaction in the first place. No, exactly, because if she had been reacting, that would be one thing. Like, maybe you could excuse it a little bit more. I still wouldn't like it, but it'd be better than just what happens. Yeah, I think she totally missed an opportunity for a really interesting flashback of just, like, put us in the moment and tell us what it was like. Let us, you know, have him hear and react and smell things and feel things, and then we could be like, oh, that's what it's like to be a newborn. Yeah, and this is the sort of thing where it's like, some people complain about stuff in fantasy especially with like you know like the pensive and stuff like that where they're like oh it's sort of like cheating Mm -hmm. where you get to see like directly into these memories but it's such a good way of like just getting shit across without having to do some stupid like writing trick that just makes it way more complicated for you yeah like having someone have the ability like you know like if we could be in Edward's perspective and we could be reading Jasper's mind and going into his mind and experiencing it in Jasper's mind, like come on, I you know. have it right there. I know. So annoying. <sighs> so, uh, we learned that the Volturi did eventually have to step in because they were reaching such a high body count from these wars. Because 
yes, all these vampires are being created. Those are people dying because in mm-hmm. order to make a newborn, you got to turn a human. Then you need to feed all these newborns. So people are just getting, you know, killed left and right because they need to feed. And this whole, like, um, vampire war was essentially, like, associated with, uh, like, some sort of plague or disease that was going through the South. Um, yeah. I'm. So, do you know what that disease was? No, I was so I curious. I really don't. Can you um, look it up? I'm curious. But I don't want to look it up and get spoilers. Um, I'm sorry. This is a stupid question, but it needs to help my Googling. What's the, what is the fucking war called between the Confederates? Um, the Civil War? Thank you. <laughs> I'm like, but it was like before that, wasn't it? Um, n- I mean, it was happening like right around the time. I guess slightly before, yeah. No. Well, yeah, because the Vulturi stepped in and then it chilled out, but then it was happening more like subtly. Yeah, you're right. Um, so that Because he before. was like, I remember what happened when they visited this place. It's page 291. I don't know how to pronounce it necessarily, but... Um... Well, according to Google, it was malaria. Oh, interesting. Did you look that up on, like, what do Twilight fans think? Or, like, what was the thing around that time? I just said what disease was wiping out the South during Civil War. Hmm. Um, dysentery and uh, <laughs> uh, malaria. and. Um, but it's so interesting because, like, wouldn't it be such a vicious death? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They were They were at war. They were, um... Yeah, maybe not counting. Not, yeah. <laughs> uh, typhoid was another major killer. If you guys think you know which disease killed <laughs> a lot of people in the south and uh, the north of Mexico, let us know. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting she doesn't really describe what. But, I mean, that could be the case for, you know, people just, like, going missing and disappearing. Maybe not the ones who had their throats torn out, but a lot of people <laughs> straight up just disappeared. <laughs> as well so um hard to keep track of the body count um at this time no really and so mexico was cleared of vampires for a while because the vulturi just fucking wiped out everybody who was associated with um benito anyone who had been fighting with them and creating their own newborn armies if you were associated with newborns you got got just kind of crazy yeah and it's so interesting because he talks about how a lot of people or a lot of vampires only really started using newborns to protect themselves from Benito. Yeah. So there isn't, and like, of course, that doesn't mean that, you know, they're oak. It's fine. Like, they shouldn't be doing that shit, but it isn't like this twisted way in self defense. And they still all got wiped out when the Volturi mm-hmm. came in because they had in the first place, even though it was a response to yeah. like keep themselves from dying, they still got killed anyway. So, like, what was the fucking point, right? They might as well just, I guess, have run, maybe. Maybe it's, like, a metaphor for war and arms races and how nobody fucking wins when everyone just starts creating bigger and better weapons to threaten each other with. Yeah, I'm sure it's something like that. (laughs) Uh, Sure, that can't be relevant to our time. No, not at all. Um, So, but the thing is, of course, there were still remaining vampires around the area, and eventually they move in to stake their claims um, but this time, they still got the techniques. They still know about the newborns, but they start training them more, um, so that right. They can and they have like a undetected. slightly, yeah, they have a slightly smaller population. They train yeah. them better to be more subtle, just basically doing the same thing, but with a little bit of improvement, so that the Volturi don't come back. Hmm. Um, but the Vol- Volturi did. It says he describes that they do always come eventually. Like 
if, you know, newspaper reports start building up again of, like, there's a weird amount of killings and disappearances re- recently, they'll totally come back again and just fucking get him. But it just keeps happening. <laughs> yeah, because he, he literally says that they let the careful ones continue. Yeah. So the Volturi don't give a fuck about that. They just care that the humans aren't finding out. Yep. So that really, again, like, solidifies. Like, we sort of knew this about the Volturi, but it solidifies, like, what their priorities are and what their morals are. Yeah. They don't really care about humans. They only care about the secrecy of vampires in general. Yeah. And they're like, if you're keeping your secret and keeping your shit together, carry on, my dudes. (laughs) Yeah. I guess so. Jasper. He was turned Just- into these wars. <laughs> he was 17 Just- in 1861 when he when joined, he the, joined Confederate the Confederate Army, Confederate Army in Houston, Texas. <laughs> LMAO, what the fuck? <laughs> Literally. Also, he lied saying he was actually 20, which is just sort of funny. Um, yeah. So uh, he was 17, which means he was born in 1844. Um, he's this an bitch oldie. is old. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's, is he the second oldest after Carlisle? Um, right? Because wasn't Carlisle, like, so. dummy old? Yeah, Carlisle was, like, 300, I think. Yeah. Um, I was going to say he was in, like, the 16 or 1700s. Yeah. Yeah. But... And so Jasper's the second oldest because, yeah, because Carlisle turned everybody else. Yeah. Other than Alice, Except maybe. for Alice. Yeah, that's the only, that would be the, the next one. I think but I think, Alice I still was, think she was more recent. I think she was. Um... I feel like we had that number confirmed, but again, I forget. Um, yeah. But yeah. Yeah, that makes Jasper actually the second oldest, most experienced vampire in their uh, clan. Um, he said that he was noted for being a very charismatic leader and had a way about him that made people want to listen to him. And I was like, my Jasper, my Edward Scissorhands Jasper was charismatic. <laughs> Yo, literally. I'm sorry. Like, okay. What, what direction I was think... this man given in these movies? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I think they really fully went, leaned into how he's uncomfortable around humans. Mm-hmm. And so, like, anytime you see him, he's at least around Bella and he is looking like Edward Scissorhands. But I wonder, like, if when he was human or when he's vamp- a vampire talking to other vampires, it's all he's way more charismatic. We just don't see that. Because he doesn't interact with Bella and it's all through Bella's eyes. So. We don't. We just see him uh, nearly attacking her and killing her. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, he becomes the youngest major in Texas, not including the fact that he lied about his age. Um, congratulations, Confederate soldier. Yeah, I don't what know why you're honor. proud of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck? Also, this is just so glazed over. Like, there's no reaction of like, oh shit, you were in the Confederate army, kind of fucked up, bro. There's nothing. There's no reaction yeah. to that. <laughs> Again, it makes me think that, well, Stephanie Meyer, is she from Utah? Yeah. Well, there's there's a lot, and this has been happening and continues to happen, this sort of re- revisionist history. Yeah. Where a lot of schools, especially in the South, teach that the Civil War was not about slavery and that it was about state rights and all these other things. It's true. When it was about state rights to own slaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... So I wonder if she didn't think this was as bad as it is saying that he was a part of the Confederate Army. I wonder, I just don't, it just feels weird because she had such, by this point, she must have had such a big following. Like, didn't she have a big following by the time this book came out? Oh, for sure. And so it's very weird that she still decided to do this and the editors weren't like, maybe you shouldn't make him racist. (laughs) 
Like, or like, if he did join, I would want, I want more. I want reasoning. I want him to say, I shouldn't have done that, but I didn't know any better because I was influenced by the people around me. Yeah. However, we fucking know that Stephanie Meyer is racist. So again, like maybe she just fucking didn't care. Oh, wait. That's the other option. I see where she was born. Uh, Oh. Hartford is CT, Connecticut. No way. She was born in my. I was born. Was she born in the same hospital as me? (laughs) No. No, literally, because I was born in Hartford. Oh, my God. Mm hmm. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Where'd she grow up? She was raised in Arizona. Mm. Okay. Yes. It's in her early and personal life part. Yes, I see that now. Um, yeah. And then she, yeah, she went to Utah for uh, undergrad. Okay. Interesting. Anyway, those are just my thoughts on that. No, it makes sense to me. I mean, yeah, it's Jasper could very easily be like, you know, it was of the time and that's where I was and I was young and was raised to believe these things. So I was, you know, did my honorable duty and signed up for the army. Like, right, exactly. He was a young, impressionable man without access to, you know, <laughs> other resources to, you know, learn other perspectives. Yeah. And we literally talked in like the last episode about like valor in war yep. and mm-hmm. that sort of thing and uh dulce decorum est like yeah all of that stuff jasper and edward both being like war is the best thing ever i gotta sign up because uh i'm gonna be a brave brave boy right and because like and jasper is older than edward so if edward had these things even with like the modernism turn of the 20th century then jasper was definitely entrenched in that sort of stuff oh, not for to, sure. so pardon my language to say entrenched, <laughs> entrenched. but <laughs> He was entrenched, literally and figuratively. Um, so it's interesting. I think it's a huge oversight or a con- or a conscious uh, ignoring, a of, conscious of omission, omission. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Of of that. Definitely agree because I feel like there's so much you could just say here of like, oh shit, like Confederate Army. That's really interesting. How do you feel about that now? Does Bella not have a reaction to this? Of like damn dude like that's the bad side (laughs) yeah but no thoughts head empty um so because we don't want to we don't want to get into intense moral political discussions (laughs) in these silly vampire romance novels no no just just uh do do we do we have sex do we turn into vampire (laughs) do we get married Marry before yeah, sex? <laughs> it's so, ugh, it's so annoying and weird when, like, if she just wanted to write a horny little vampire book, she should have just written a horny little vampire book. Yeah. Stop pulling shit that's too big for your britches. Like, that's all she you're did. You're just going to end up failing. It's like JKR and the whole house self narrative. Yeah. You just, you couldn't land, you couldn't stick that landing. Just don't go there. Like, if you, if you know you're not going to flesh that out, but you're going to talk about serious, like, just don't. Just don't. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, Jasper, uh, during some battle, is evacuating women and children from the city, and he runs into three beautiful pale women when he's on his horseback ride back to the city. And he notes that, like, even though they had, like, distinctly, like, Mexican features, they were still completely porcelain white. I saw this. Yes. Because we had talked before about, you'd mentioned that to me, of that somewhere she says... 
that turning into a vampire quite literally <clears throat> bleaches you. like mm-hmm. the melanin in your skin. Yeah. Which is fucking disgusting and crazy. It's horrible. Really creepy to think about. So yeah, that stood out to me as uh, mentioned. Um, yeah. So like we don't these... have to go super into it because we talked about it so much before, yeah. but it is like really gross. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's three vampire ladies. Uh, we've got Maria, who is clearly the leader of the three, and she's saying yep. things like, "I want to keep him," and someone else says, "Oh, you'll have to do it, Maria, because I always kill him half more than half the time." Um, <laughs> and he's like, "I'm scared, but also maybe horny." <laughs> No, literally. He was like, damn, I like and it's so funny how he goes, my judgment overruled my instincts, mm-hmm. which is so interesting because I sort of see it like wouldn't you're. I don't know. I sort of well, seeing it back and forth because like there's the instinct to run. But then there's also the instinct to be like a wooga pretty lady <laughs> like because he says he was he was taught. He was never taught to fear women only to protect them, um, which is a funny, you know southern texas right. man thing of like women are gentle creatures to be protected um, right 1800s vibe yeah but then he got got um while the other two vampires ran away to go feed hand in hand which i think is gay yeah they're super gay <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah Nettie and lucy lucy yeah they're gay together that's my mm-hmm. head canon so um, basically he t- also talks about so Maria is building this newborn army, but she's doing it a lot more consciously, where she's picking people who seem like they would have particular strengths. So she picks him because she feels this sort of air about him. She's like, I have a good feeling about you, and he has this level of, like, charisma. Mm-hmm. And he's compelling, she calls him. Yeah. So and... she's turning vampires and making an army of newborns, but specifically ones that have special strengths. Yes. Special skills. Uh, mm-hmm. Jasper, uh, you know, sort of at her side, very quickly uh, rises to the point where he's, you know, essentially promoted in his mind to be in charge of the other newborns because his sort of undefined abilities as of yet happen to have like a calming effect on them. And he was good at uh, making the newborns work together, which was like a feat never before seen with a newborn army. Right. Um, having them so unified and controlled and in line with like the same like vision and not infighting with each other um yeah so their first battle um -hmm. is 23 newborns against nine um they took them down completely with only four casualties it is really interesting and i think like a moment of decent writing where he really describes it in statistics sort of as like i don't know it sort of feels like this uh he, he's used to or he was like a military officer yeah. and he would think in these statistics and these battle strategies and so instead of being like oh man these four people i knew he goes we only lost four it was a good victory yeah exactly um, which is a very like cold-blooded very like if you are seeped in war times and if you're used to being an officer where you have to be the one who is going to be, like, seeing the upside of your friends and all these people dying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that is something that it makes sense for him to have this sort of reaction. I also like the line here, too, where um, he says, the city changed hands without any human being aware. And it's just like, yeah, there's, like, the secret underbelly of vampires that are, you know, in control of this territory. And it just happened overnight. Nobody knew, but a new power has ascended. (laughs) 
Bro, I wonder what's happening in my town. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I definitely met a couple vampires. So true. They're probably playing baseball. Probs. I'll let you know know next time it thunders. It's American pastime. It is. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, so Maria expands her control to most of Texas and northern Mexico. Which is a lot. That's a lot. That's and fucking I also think huge, it's, bro. Yeah, and, like, even though, like, it's still, like, a one-toned character, I'm like, good for this chick being, like, girl <laughs> you boss. know, the evil vampire <laughs> boss, like, girl boss vampire yeah. moment. Yeah, I'm really happy about that. Um, and then... I also- I think the oh, thing ahead. is about um, having such a big territory is, like, realistically, except for, like, this constant changeover of newborns, there aren't that many vampires concentrated in an area, even still. It's like the predator-to-prey ratio, you know? When you have a shit ton of rabbits, mm-hmm. there's not that many foxes to, you know, call that herd. And if you have too right. many in an area, then you don't have enough food for them. So it kind of makes mm-hmm. sense that they would have such a large territory, because that's, like typical for predators and they are predators in this sense yeah absolutely um and again that's also why it like makes sense for them to be more concentrated in cities there's more there's more rabbits so there's more rabbits swarming (laughs) yeah famously that famous quote (laughs) so jasper ends up being the only one of the original 23 to survive the first 18 months yeah so they pull up, a, they get a lot of territory, but they lose a lot of people. Like, most of their newborns die. But, and then also, Nettie and Lucy turn on Maria eventually. Mm-hmm. And then he says, that one we won. Yeah. And I think it's so interesting how he definitely has this, like, sort of cold, pulled back exterior. Yeah, it's, it's win-loss, casualties versus successes. It's not like, oh, like, these people that I knew for this long, like, right. suddenly because turned against he was, us. It was just the four of them for a little while, at least. Or, like, you know, or, like, they were, like, the four on the top, it sort of seemed yeah. like. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting that he is able to have this. I mean, of course, he has, like, a, at least a century of the distance. But still, it's it's sad how he's able to so coldly just be like, yeah, we won that one. Not thinking about how he must have had these amazing, like, he must have had friendships with these people. But like, and although also, he talks about how his life was so... It's like an uh, alliance of just, convenience, though. It's like, oh, yeah. you're the one who has the most power right now. It's smart to stay in your good books right now so I can have some of that power. Like, none, right. he makes it very clear, especially as we talk about, as we get into later, Peter and Charlotte, that, like, they don't mm-hmm. form tight relationships, typically. And I guess that's part of the reason, because he talks about how they need to cull the herd. Like, once the newborns outlive their usefulness and they've passed, like, their peak strength, most of them get killed so they can be replaced with new, fresh, you know, pawns for the war. Right. Yeah. It's all fucked up. It's all fucked up. It's super fucked up. And so then Jasper goes on to say that, uh, so Maria and Jasper lose a lot of territory, but they are able to hold on to... Monterey, Monterey, I like want to say Monterey, but I don't know what it's how it's actually. I also want to say Monterey, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, so this place in like northern Mexico, it's a city, um, because they lost a lot of their other parts because she gained too much power and people started fighting back. This is again with the Nettie and Lucy thing, Mm -hmm. um, and the idea of conquest was dying out, and it was a lot more of like vengeance and like feuding on these just like 
decades old grudges exactly. and like people killing whoever's mate or partner or friend and then they're like we have to get back at them and it's the sort of thing where you can't even see the beginning of it anymore it's just you're so entrenched in these like this war that you don't even know what you were fighting about in the first place yeah and which is again such like a true like that like rings true it does for, it really like, does ring true it's so interesting um so uh he mentions becoming close to another vampire named peter um mm-hmm. who never really seemed to have his heart that much in the fight he was a skilled fighter but he wasn't, you know, bloodthirsty and living for the conquest. Um, and Yeah, he, he said he liked Peter because he was civilized. Yeah, which is an interesting word to use. I um, think they're gay, anyway. <laughs> um, and Maria is, again, ordering them both, like, it's time to call the herd, get rid of all of these ones, we don't need them anymore, They've, they're not useful. And Peter's trying to say, like, there's a few we should keep, and Jasper's loyal to Maria and says, no, we've got to get rid of them all. But... When a girl named Charlotte is up for uh, the killing, Peter shouts at her to run and follows her and runs off with her. And Jasper describes feeling um, the emotions that Peter has once he sees Charlotte and like this overwhelming rush of, you know, probably affection and intensity about her. And he's like, oh, these two have a bond. And so he doesn't actually chase after them, which pisses Maria off. Right. Yeah. And then five years later... Peter sneaks back and at that point Jasper had been thinking about how he had to separate himself from Maria because he just wasn't well his heart wasn't in anymore he's yeah he was really fucking depressed depressed about it he and she was getting yeah angry at him for that depression and he feels every time that Maria is near him like this malice and you know partial fear of like you know Jasper is really powerful now he could you know overtake me at any time essentially and he's like i'm gonna have to kill her before she kills me and i don't really want to have to do that but peter comes just at the perfect time to intervene yeah and tells him about his civilized life in the north where they don't fight anymore imagine because that's all he's known he's like this is how life is vampires fight over territory we make armies we conquer people and that's what being a vampire entails. He has no idea that you could just not fight other people. Yeah. Jasper's got to get on Instagram. <laughs> See what's up. <laughs> on Instagram? Yeah. You know, that famous uh, uh, middle of the 19th century social media where you could see people from other places. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Learn about their lifestyle. Um yeah, but the thing is, he goes he goes with Peter and Charlotte, and he's like, okay, I'm away from the fighting, but I still feel like shit every time I feed on someone. And he's like, the thing is, before I was embroiled in this bloodthirsty, feral fighting energy, and now all that's gone. And now the only thing I'm feeling is when I kill someone, I feel their humanity and their fear and their, you know, anguish for, like, losing their life. And I'm surrounded by that every time I try to eat. <laughs> But yeah. I don't know how to stop because if I try to stop eating, then I'm just hungry. Super fucking depressing, bro. It actually is. Like, if, like, because, I mean, you know, predators got to eat, you know, predators got to hunt, got to kill. And he's like, yeah, except I feel their fear and pain and sadness every time I do it as if it were my own. Yeah. Yeah. Rough. So eventually he wanders away from. Peter and Charlotte, too. 
and he is having this horrible vicious cycle where he hates killing but and he tries to stop but he can't because he doesn't know what else he can do so eventually he'll like well like you know essentially kind of like like this relapse where he'll eventually he'll get thirsty and he has to go kill and then he does it even perhaps like more viciously than before because he's so desperate yeah. and so it's this horrible cycle and then eventually hilariously he's in philly of all places <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> like why the fuck is he in philadelphia anyway vampires are in fact in your state right now <laughs> they're in my state rn our freaking n um he ducks into this little diner and who's there alice and, and she she's says, like you've kept me waiting a long time and he's like, oh, sorry about that, ma'am. <laughs> I know. Alice comes up behind Jasper in the middle of this story, and she's like, and you ducked your head like a good southern gentleman and said, I'm sorry, ma'am. It's very cute, honestly. No, it is cute. It's it like I feel so robbed of this relationship because like we just t- spend this entire time being like, ugh, Alice deserves better than Jasper, which I still think she does. But especially like in terms of like in the book, you don't really get a lot from Jasper just because he's like freaked out around humans a lot of the time, yeah. and he's not as invested because he's like the new, he's one of the newer members. But like, I wish like with the casting we had gotten like actual chemistry between the I two. No, that's the thing; they had no chemistry in the movie. Literally negative chemistry. So you just feel like, why are they together? But in this little moment, you see like, oh, Alice is his world. Like she changed his life when he was at his lowest in a cycle of depression like of course he worships the ground she walks on and i think that's beautiful i think so too big i can fix him energy i know you know what if if anyone can it's alice you know it's so true she can fix me too hey yo (laughs) hey yo alice if you want to come fix me i am so ready and the funniest thing is she tells jasper like you know i know there's this plan that doesn't eat people we're meant to go to them and she just fucking shows up on the doorstep and is like ayo carlisle and he's like how do you know my name and she's like oh yeah you know just gonna join the family i know edward is out hunting with Emmett. i'm sure uh you know hi esme i'm alice this is my this is my boy toy jasper anyway this is the best room so i'm just gonna put all of edward's stuff into the garage cool cool <laughs> it's so funny i'm obsessed it's with so her. cute and i love i love this line that is Alice and Jasper laughed in harmony, soprano and bass. I just think that's so uh, cute. I mean, as, I as a singer, but also yeah, just as like, yeah, as this sort of they're meant pairing. to be together. They're har- they're in yeah. harmony. Yeah, even their laughter is harmonized in this like cute way. It is so cute, so cute. Yeah, and I love that Edward's just like, yep, this you know, he came in towing this little freak with her with him and <laughs> took my bedroom. So funny, <laughs> so Such funny. sibling energy. Yeah, I literally called her a little freak. Yeah. <laughs> like, so true, bestie. So then, basically, he finishes this sort of story about his life, and they turn it back to the thing in Seattle, where Jasper is really convinced that someone is making an army in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And, and they don't, they're trying to figure out why. Yeah, no one's here to claim Seattle. There's no, there's no one to fight against. And, um... They, they say that this is clearly signs of newborns, but the Volturi haven't come yet, um, so it would be better if the Cullens step in before they do have reason to come by sooner than expected. Um, you know, Right, because well, you know, while they're in Seattle, they might as well come check yeah, if, if exactly, Bella has turned. Exactly. And they don't want to start that shit, so they want to 
stop this before the Volturi have to come by. And they think, okay, like, we'll have to lure them out of the city because we can't just go fight in a city that will ruin our cover. And Mm -hmm. that's when they realize, like, oh, shit. But, like, we're the closest clan. What if this army is literally to fight us? (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Yep. And then, you know, Esme is, like, sort of trying to be like, well, maybe they don't like Tanya's family. But yeah. <laughs> Edward's mm. like, they aren't ravaging Anchorage. <laughs> They're not in fucking Alaska. <laughs> so they have to consider that they're the targets. And Alice so says, but there's been no decisions. She, um, it, she would have seen if they were coming to attack the Cullens. But she's like, okay, but th- there's the one thing. I keep seeing flashes as if someone's deciding and then changing their mind. And they say, oh, like being indecisive. And then I think it's Edward says, like, no, mm-hmm. it's knowledge. Someone knows how to avoid your power. And, right. you know, Aro knows everything about you. What if this is a conspiracy? Yeah, what if this is like a Volturi plant? <laughs> yeah, literally. And, like, it's a compelling argument. They're saying Aro knows. Edward saw in, in Aro's mind back in Italy that he briefly had this thought of, what if I got Edward and Alice at my side? What if the rest of their Cullen, or the rest of their clan of the Cullens was destroyed and I got to keep these two as my trophies. What if, um, you know, we found a reason to like get rid of them in some way. And it's like, okay, was this somebody from the vault? Like the Volturi went to destroy someone in the South and gave someone a second chance, but Hey, by the way, do this favor for us up in the North, make it, make an army. And, um, then yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll consider ourselves even, even if you do this favor for us. But Jasper says this is a first-timer, because clearly this is not an experienced newborn handler, because they're just fucking ravaging the city. Um, yeah, because, like, my immediate thought is, oh my god, it's like Maria. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't that be a fun turn back? But yeah. she has such experience with raising these sorts of armies, although you do think that she hasn't in a very long time, as far as we know, handled the newborns herself. Yeah, because She just kind of ran things while mm-hmm. other people did it. Yeah. So I still think I, I'm like holding out hope for maybe it's was it her because I think there's too much interesting past for it to not be her, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe she has a personal vendetta against him because she was all about revenge. The whole reason she took that city in the first place is because I think that's where the people went who like not turned her or maybe it was who turned her. She had some sort of like revenge plan against the people in the city. Yeah. So maybe she also feels some sort of hatred toward Jasper for like dipping on her. Um, and she, this is her like chance to make the spark back. Maybe she tried to keep going after Jasper left and Peter left, but she couldn't figure out how to handle the newborns. She couldn't get anyone, you know, to she behave. And so the Volturi yeah. came to catch her or something. And then she then she was like, No, please and they're like, Fine. Let's put your shitty skills to good use. Go do it in Seattle. Right. And you got your revenge. That's my headcanon. Jotting it down, (laughs) sealing it with a stamp. That's what I think it is. No, it's a... I just talked myself through it. (laughs) There you go. Um, And the the other key thing here is that Jasper has this sort of um, admiration when he speaks the Volturi's name. He's like, no, no. Like, they've, you know, they saved vampire kind by, like cracking down on these vampire armies. The Volturi wouldn't bend the rules like this to send someone, you know, to, to kill us. Like, that's not how they operate. Right. They're very, like, 
you know, letter of the law and absolute, um, sort of ruthless in that sense, because they did kill anybody associated with newborns. Um, yeah. But so r- it's interesting. Maybe so then maybe it isn't Maria or maybe just Jasper has this sort of feeling about the Volturi that is very different from the others because he's had relatively good experiences with them. Yeah. Whereas everyone else pretty much has had bad. So maybe he has like, you know, the rose colored glasses. Yeah, he's exactly. Um, we'll find nobody out. else reacts like that. Um, he's just like, no, no, I, they're, they're, I trust them. Letter of the law. Um, so they basically say we need to begin planning. Um, Jasper, like train us how to like attack newborns. How do we kill them? How do we overcome their strength? Like we have to have strategy since they're going to be at their peak physical form. And they, Ed Carlisle immediately contacts Tanya's clan for help. And gets on the phone and is very quickly like, oh, like, I'm sorry to hear that. I didn't realize that about uh, Irina, who mentions Laurent and says that they had a fling together. And um, she's like, she still remembers that the wolves um, killed him. And she's like, I'm not coming to help you guys out unless you also help me get revenge against the wolves. But the Cullens can't do that because of the treaty. So they basically are like, sorry, we, we can't. And that means the, the clan from the north isn't going to come help them, which puts them yeah. to even footing with the potential size of the newborn army that they think they're against. Right. They think it's fewer than 20, but not necessarily much fewer than 20. And there's only, what, six of them? I can't yeah. count. Seven? Seven. Right, because Edward's the only one without a buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so- and... Uh, Super Without interesting. Tanya's clan, um, Jasper says, we would still win, but what would the price be? Like, who would we right. lose in order to accomplish that? Ooh, it's so scary. Who's going to die? Ah! <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. This, oh, is, this is a great ending to a chapter. I'm thrilled. Yeah, and she's, like, taking in all their faces, and she's like, this is my family, and I can't stand to lose any of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh... War sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Conclusion of this chapter, war sucks. So true, Bestie. Um... Thank you. It's a very original thought. I know. <laughs> but, yeah, that's that was a beefy chapter in terms of, like, lore dumping and backstory, and I'm honestly here for it, because sometimes the chapters are just fluffy nothingness, and I'm like, why is this here? Stop padding yeah, the story for sure. out. This did not pad the story out. This is what I needed. I need the juicy details. Mm-hmm. And I love it. So, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I guess that's that's the end of the episode. Let me do a shout-out to our, our lovely, lovely master vampires. So, yeah, to thank our master vampires for your support of the podcast, shout-out to Thea, Dana, Dan, Emily, Emma, and Steven. And, um, yeah, thanks for supporting the podcast. You, too, can support us on our Patreon, uh, Unbitten Pod, and uh, join our coven. It's lit. Um, It is lit in here. I loved uh, reading someone's live react to trying to figure out what the name of our episode meant. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to figure out why it's called Sour Cream. I'm halfway through this episode and I still don't know why it's called Sour Cream. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Edward's hairball. We did did probably scare you a little bit. 
Oh, that's what we're here for. <laughs> um, hang on. Um, I just realized. Uh, boop 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 boop. What? Piss, huh? piss what? of the day. <gasps> piss of the day. <laughs> What's your piss of the day? Um, my piss of the day is that I had a dream that I really had to pee, and every bathroom <laughs> I went to check was locked, or like the toilet <gasps> was flooded, or someone was already in there. And um, I woke up and I ran to the bathroom. That's my pee story for today. Wow. That's very nice. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> I often have these prophetic dreams involving piss in which I wake up and I'm like, oh, shit, I really need to piss. That sounds about right for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's our piss you... quota um, fulfilled. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening to our piss pod. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll um, see you next time yeah by the way we are getting close to a hundred thousand plays oh i know i noticed that uh when i was Did uploading you freaking know that's fucking crazy that's insane thanks for listening guys that's we insane. like that's some crazy shit like uh, we love obviously we like to thank our patrons a lot but like for real like anyone listening in any sort of way it's kind of fucking crazy that people listen and enjoy and that we have like you know around like 500 people who listen to us average like yeah per per episode um yeah fucking crazy that's really cool thank you guys for listening um thanks for putting up with uh our voices our takes our unhinged rambling yeah and we'll try to do some we'll try to keep an eye on our plays and you know, when we get to 100,000, hopefully, ah, we can, I don't know, maybe do something special. I'm yeah, okay. I think it would be fun. I think it would be fun, too. Now, I'm dying and sweaty. Same. So I want to turn on my same. AC. It is 98 okay. degrees. Oh, my God. It's 98 degrees there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's only 81 here. Oh, it is 98. It is fucking hot. That's so nasty. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm going to go lie like in front of the here. AC. <laughs> As you should. I think I'm also going to do that. Um, okay. All right. Bye, everyone. Until next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Unbitten. If you want to get in contact with us, follow us on our new Twitter at UnbittenPod. And for now, the rest is still Unbitten. Unbitten.